0: From legendary locals, we all know, to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, Ipswich Enviroplan marks 25 years this year. Its aim was to acquire key bushland to create conservation areas with funding from a green levy on rates. On the show, my special guest is former Ipswich Councillor and Chair of the Parks Committee in 1996, Gerard Pender. It's Thursday, September 30, 2021, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics. People-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Ipswich City Council's EnviroPlan Levy on Rates started 25 years ago in 1996. It was created to set aside specific funds for Council to buy bushland areas, which Council calls conservation estates. One person who was there at the time of the introduction of the levy was former Councillor Gerard Pender and he joins me now to talk about the Envira plan. Thanks for speaking with Ipswich today, Gerard. Thanks, Alan. 1996, it feels like an awful long time ago when you served as a Councillor. I think it was from, what, 94 to 2000?
1: That's correct, yeah. Before we
0: talk about the introduction of the levy, can you paint us a picture of Ipswich in the 1990s?
1: Well, from a council point of view, it was a time of great turmoil. There had been, uh, on the political scene, um, the ructions in the Labor Party at that time. Uh, the council had split. Um, there had been um, Dave Underwood running as an independent. Um, we then had um, a, an, a, an amalgamation with the Morton Shire. Then we had a partial attempt to de-amalgamate and some changes. Uh, and the merger of the two councils, so it was uh, from a council perspective an enormously... Um, Um, complex and uh, difficult time.
0: So you had the organisation dealing with certain issues and you also had councillors dealing with issues. Can you recall what the main ones were at the time and what the priorities were?
1: Look, it was a well, it was all about um, the amalgamation issues. Um, you know, which which areas got priority, and and as you might might expect, um, you know, people from the the old Morton Shire were concerned that you know they might be uh, not treated as you know full rate-paying citizens. And then there was the the enormous issues with Springfield, which was at that time uh, being established, and all of the legal framework and agreements were being negotiated. So then there were concerns about you know how Springfield residents would compete with which residents and who would be given preference and who wouldn't. So there were lots of those issues uh, in the air at the time.
0: You were Chair of Parks when the Envira plan was introduced. Can you recall how that proposal came before the councillors and, and what sort of opposition you had at the time?
1: Yeah, it wasn't an easy process, um, Alan. I mean, uh, some of the council officers at the time, uh, Craig Maudsley, Dave Baker and others were heavily involved and uh, deserve at least as much credit as anyone else for establishing it. Um, you know, we we looked at it uh, in some detail. Green levies were not that unusual. There are other larger councils with them. We formed the view that, um, well, I formed the view with uh, with uh, some of the officers that we should have one, um, the the process was difficult and complex, and, and I suppose because of the amalgamation, there was a sort of a unique opportunity to set in place this sort of green planning for the future, um, and a lot of it was also prompted by the Springfield development and the enormous area uh, involved there and the enormous amount of um, um, you know green areas that we wanted to retain uh, uh, for public use.
0: Can you recall what that first levy was? How much? Yes. No, look, I can't. I should
1: have done my homework, Alan. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to tell me. That, no, uh, actually, no, I don't
0: know. I know what
1: it is today. <laughs> <laughs> I know that some of my fellow councillors thought it was too much. Well, that's uh, what they, I was
0: going to come to. There would have, no, Nobody wants to tell ratepayers they've got to pay more than they really have to. So that's probably part of, of those vigorous discussions that happened at the time. <laughs>
1: Well, it is. And of course, any politician, and in a way, that's what we were, doesn't like to bring in a nice, um, I think it was referred to a nice big new green tax. <laughs> um, I mean, you can imagine um, um, the, the sort of flack that you cop for doing that. Um, everyone wants to be seen to be low taxing and uh, and not impo- imposing other um, you know uh, obligations on ratepayers, but I, I thought, and others thought, that was the right thing to do, and we needed to have a specific levy and set aside funds so that the thing could be properly done and properly managed.
0: We're all smarter with hindsight, Jared. And now there's over seven thousand hectares of natural bushland and growing. In 1996, did you think land acquisitions would be so extensive?
1: I hope they would be. Um, we had a vision about that whole um, s- southern rim of the Ipswich City Council area, all the way through from Greenbank um, into the rural areas, and um, you know, having a continuous uh, green area, wildlife corridors, um, you know, scenic um, uh, areas that weren't going to be interfered with or overly interfered with by development. So certainly, I hoped and, and expected that over time there would be a. a a significant holding uh, by the council and also significant support in other ways to secure secure areas
0: one of the many strong points of the plan uh, has to be the conservation partnerships with private landowners was this part of the original plan
1: yeah it certainly was uh, you know, those things were pioneered in Ipswich in those, at that time. And there were, you know, a whole range of organisations we were working with and we actively um, encouraged and established partnerships with, uh, you know, as an individual process, but also as a strategic um, network uh, uh, along with the Envira plan so that the whole thing uh, worked properly.
0: You mentioned before that the other councils did have green levies at the time. But, of course, now I think nearly every council does. And in Ipswich, we have these magnificent areas like White Rock, Hardings, Paddock, very, very popular with visitors looking for outdoor adventure. Did you think there'd be a tourism spin as well or was just all about conserving for the environment?
1: No, no. I always thought there'd be the tourism spin. I mean, I've walked, I walked all of those areas at the time with various council officers and families. And we, uh, you know, we, we looked at it on the ground or I looked at it on the ground. I mean, I've always been interested in, uh, in, in bushwalking. Uh, You know, I, I I thought that there's absolutely no reason these could not be popular um walking areas for the public. I mean, it's, it's it's hard to imagine that when no one even knew where White Rock was and you had to have, a, you know, a map to find it. Um, but, you know, you, I could certainly see the potential, no doubt about that.
0: And now if we've got areas like uh, Red Bank Plains uh, and those suburbs around, uh, you know, Springfield Central, but basically on the doorstep of these green areas that are now going to be there forever.
1: That's right. I mean, uh, and I suppose part of the challenge that councillors will now have is there'll no doubt be all kinds of attempts to um, pare back those green areas, you know, development will will uh, be, well, some will want to prioritise that and, you know, and try and slip bits and pieces off. And I just hope that they, uh, they've they got the uh, ability and foresight to hold the line on that on those green areas.
0: I think it would be a very courageous councillor that would want to start selling off those conservation estates.
1: Yeah, it's more. It's more, Alan. I think you know the the indirect effects of, of mm. the surrounding development and all of the impacts that has, which are inevitable. You know, I'm not anti-development. Um, I voted for all the Springfield uh, uh, stuff at the time, but you know, there's got to be a balance, and uh, there'll always be an attempt um, by, if I, can, the more aggressive part of the development sector, to try and, you know, um, get a bit more from those green areas and I just think we need to make sure the balance is there.
0: Jared Pender, congratulations on being there in 1996 and, and steering the conservation estates and the Enviro Plan into reality and thanks for speaking with Ipswich Today.
1: Thanks very much, Alan.
0: For more on the Ipswich Enviro Plan, you'll find handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favorite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from Smart Speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening.